Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McCann. And I'm Carl Stout. And today, we are covering Marvel Premiere 18, multiple titles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, there is the Lair of Triple Iron, and then it turns into the Lair of Shattered Vengeance. I'm just going to go with the second title, because... It's better, and it makes more sense. So, last week, not particularly much happened. Iron Fist ran through a skyscraper of traps. And there were crazy traps. And then he came to... crazy words. Yes. And then he came to uh, Jack Kirby's lost love child, and got threatened with death. And that's where we are now. Well, in all seriousness, no, he's hunting Harold Meacham, the man who killed his father. And indirectly killed his mother. As it explains in the top paragraph. Ooh, we'll get to that in a second, because that, <laughs> that stuck out to me. So the cover... Uh, actually, sorry. First, what else is happening in 1974, October? Did you find anything? Uh, not really. I mean, they, they off, there's... In the original comic, with their little blurbs across the bottom of the pages... There's some interesting little, like, one-liners. What happens when a private eye tracks a murderer to the Tomb of Dracula? Probably some weird stuff. Conan Cull, Red Sonja, Black Mark, all in Savage Sword of Conan number one. So that must have hit that month. Hmm. Okay. And Wilder Than the Exorcist, What's the Son of Satan? Hmm. And what book was that in? That was the Ghost Rider one, where he did his first appearance, right? At this point, I think he was in his own book. Because uh-huh. Ghost Rider was about issue 8 at this point. And I noticed that because they did a Knight Rider, issue 1, which was the original Ghost Rider, but they changed his mm-hmm. name. Yes. And it they just it looked like an origin issue, so maybe that was the start of an ongoing for him. I'm not sure. Well, here's another nice little blurb. Langtherpy, mm-hmm. Satanism, and the Frankenstein monster are all in Giant Size Werewolf number 2. Wow. And there's a puzzling ad in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lightning strikes twice as the second soul-shattering issue of Monsters of the Movies prowls your necromantic newsstand. What? <laughs> I don't think that issue came out. Really? I don't... I've never seen a Monsters of the Movies number two in my life. Okay. I've come across number one quite a few times, but I've never seen a number two. Hmm. So we'll have to do a little research on that to see if it ever actually came out or not. Yeah. Well, on to the issue. So the cover is, again, misrepresentative of what happens in the actual issue. Yep, there's no uh, curvy woman in the fight at all. Like, who is that? The the closest I can think of to who that might be is uh, the villager that helped a certain character later on in the story in a flashback. That's the only one she looks like to me, but that obviously she would not be there wearing that attire either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he does fight Triple Iron. Yeah, and he does miss him quite frequently, as he's doing in the cover. <laughs> Which is about time he starts missing, I guess. 
but it's still it's a good strong cover. Which it is, is a good game. cover, yes. Uh, it it it's just it's a good cover. Martial arts mayhem. It's a martial arts comic. It's a crazy Kirby guy with triple nunchucks spinning it. Why not pick it up, right? Of course. It's only twenty five cents. What's a quarter? <laughs> I looked up. I just looked up Triple Iron to see if he appears anywhere else, and he appears in nine issues. Wow. Yeah, he. So he's only in Iron Fist once. He's in a dual. He's in Iron Fist one apparently, but I'm not sure. Might be a flashback. Hold on Iron one Fist second. Six, yeah, it'd be a flashback. But he's in Titans. He's in Power of Warlock, and he appears three times in Captain America. I might check those out out of morbid curiosity, I guess. <laughs> I have I have to wonder if it's the same character though, mm. or if somebody else just didn't take over his name. That's true. Yeah. Because I've unfortunately fallen for that. Yeah. Where I found uh, I forget what book it was. There was a trade paperback esque book that came out, and there was like three updates to it, and it was literally. Um, you would just look up your, your favorite character, and it would tell you all the appearances they're in. Yeah. They also had a section where you could look up your favorite artist, and it would tell you all of the books they had done work in. So you could follow an artist, you could follow a certain hero, and uh, you'd be looking up a name, and you would just be buying back issues. So the things are bagged and boarded, so you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, and then it's not even and the character. Turns out it's like, that's not him. I don't know what they're talking about. With Triple Iron being in number one. It's Iron number Man six is in number one. Out. Oh, it's number six, not number one? Yeah. Well, then I'm looking in the wrong issue. <laughs> and it does it does look like the same Triple Iron in Captain America, which is weird. Alright, so why don't we start with uh, the, the killer paragraph at the top of the oh, first yeah. page there. The, this is the part that stood out to me. A man... You are Daniel Rand. A man who, like every other man, in capital letters is other... Sprang from his father's loins. <laughs> is, is that huzzah? Did that did that stick out to you as well? It gets better. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was just really weird opening. <laughs> but you are also a being who transcends the fragile humanity of Daniel Rand, an indestructible living weapon whose genesis was conceived in the death of your father. You have undergone the rigors of tutelage and training, the challenge of the many and the challenge of the one. And you changed. You are Iron Fist. Now, I don't mention Shulu there at all. Just the uh, robot and the four Kung Fu Masters. Which I, I did like that they brought that up, though. Yes, no, it's good. Alright, so now we are greeted with the full effect of Triple Iron standing up from his odd-shaped throne. And he's a monster. He's like ten feet tall. He's pretty big. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Danny is half the size of him with his ash cheeks blaring out of his pants. <laughs> yes, there's two holes where his butt cheeks are. And, uh, well, his whole costume switched cheese because of the uh, many traps he was... Mercy the sprinklers, the acid sprinklers. The acid sprinklers in the elevator, one of the elevators. Or was it the... Ro- I can't even remember. <laughs> it was... Uh, I'm fairly certain it was the acid sprinklers because I remember the... His clothes being messed up after that, but not before. I can't remember. Was it a room or was it an, another elevator? It was in a room. Yep, you're right. It's the one he punched the guy through. So that guy must have melted. Probably. So we find out that apparently Triple Iron has been trapped in this weird, funky room for ten years, waiting for Danny to get there. I'm assuming he's been fed. 
Yes, fed quite well, apparently. Of course, this also doesn't really make sense that he's been there for 10 years when we get later on in the issue. Nine years, maybe, I can see. Yes, even eight, but 10 is a bit much. So, they fight, obviously, because Triple Iron wants to be free. Uh, the only way he can be free is by killing Iron Fist, because he's been trapped yes. here for 10 years. They fight, he gets a good strike on Iron Fist, he feels electrocuted, uh, so Iron Fist tries to counterattack, but he misses, and Triple Iron missing. is quite fast for his size, and even laughs at him, mocking that you think I'm slow just because of my size. And he seems to be toying with Iron Fist as he turns the electricity off. Iron Fist really quickly summons the power of the Iron Fist, and misses again. And again. And maybe this really you get a anger me, Iron Fist. Now, for that, you must be punished before you die. So he hits him into a wall. And now, at this point, Iron Fist realizes that he's actually getting energy from the room. The room is feeding his suit, and it's feeding his weapon. However, he isn't going to be able, just because of his mere size and strength, to really wrestle him from the floor to get him away from the power. Yes. So that he's, he charges at him with his triple nunchucks, fully charged... And because he's charging straight at him, Iron Fist finally doesn't miss with the Iron Fist. Knocks him to the floor, the guy puts a big dent in the wall, and then out of the blue, Mr. Mysterious Ninja shows up once again, flicks a throwing star towards Iron Fist, and it sticks in a crack in the wall. And Iron Fist is like, was this attack at me? No. He's showing me that there's a crack in this wall, and it's actually the left border of a door. So Iron Fist smashes through the doorway. Gotta say, that's my favorite panel in mm. this book. It's just the look on his face, the yeah. shadowing, and the look of him holding the door as he's busting through it. Like, I mean, I mean business. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. And then they wind up in this, like, giant control room. And in this room is all these computers and scientific, you know, crapola generic stuff yeah but it looks like it's the control room for the whole all the traps and everything were run through this room and also what's powering triple iron is apparently in this room so they fight a little further there's a humongous generator in the corner iron fist pulls the plugs on the generator pulls the wires completely out of the generator de-energizing triple iron but then using those as like electrical whips and short-circuits Triple Iron. Doesn't kill him, merely short-circuits him and leaves him unco his unconscious form on the floor. And he essentially frees and, him. Right, so now he's free, and the door, a doorway in the back of this room slowly open. slides open with a, with a light above it, like, ta-da! Right. prize. So, the fight was good. It, uh... it was decent, and, and thankfully it was done quickly. Yes. I, I like that it was... It had such a horrible setup last issue, but there was actually a bit more context to just this weird Kirby monster attacking him. Uh, mm -hmm. I like the idea that he's fighting him just so he can be free, even though the 10 years thing doesn't make sense. I like how the room is powering him as well. There's always a bit of a twist added onto these early fights, which I like. You know, from being a robot to the chain wrapped around his neck. Like, he always has to think to win. Mm-hmm. Instead of just using brute strength, which he does a lot these days, outside of his own comic. Yeah, it was good. The art's good. Yes, the art still for this era is still dead on. 
It's still Larry Harmer penciling. Yep. And same writer and inker, same everything pretty much as last issue. Yes, and I like how you know it means business because there's no drawn out scene of him summoning the Iron Fist. He just summons it. Yeah. It doesn't go you become like unto a thing of iron. It's just there. And he misses. So it's not just the Deus Ex machina. Not not that it is, but it's not just the fight stopper this time. And and we find out who's behind this final mystery door. He's expecting a trap, but instead it's good old Meacham. Come on in, Iron Fist. I've been expecting you. Lord, how I've been expecting you. And Iron Fist marches in. He's, you know, the anger is building up inside of him of everything he's gone through and all this. And his father's death, his mother's death, his 10 years of training is finally going to come to fruition Another great picture, another great panel, mm-hmm. that bottom one, with yep. his mother and father's face behind him. This is just a perfect picture of Iron Fist. The knuckles are a little bit off on the left hand if you want to be picky, but still a great, fantastic picture of Iron Fist. Yeah. And then his vision is shredded and replaced with one of even greater shock as Mr. Harold Meacham pushes his wheelchair away from his desk to reveal that he doesn't have legs anymore. Yep, and then Meacham announces that he's been waiting ten years for Iron Fist to come and kill him. Mm-hmm, and it's been slowly driving him mad. And Iron Fist asks, how'd you know I'd come? But in a quiet and res- almost respectful voice. And then Meacham goes, prepare Iron Fist for a flashback for the ages. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but that's what we're getting, so... This is the flashback to end all flashbacks now. Now we're actually brought to a flashback we've seen before, but just from a different perspective. Yes. From Meacham's perspective. And it's good. So we see Meacham on the top of the cliff with Danny and his mother, Heather. And actually, you actually see the father dead on another precipice. And he's like, I did it for your mother. I loved her. But after me seeing... After seeing me kill her husband, she could do nothing but loathe me. He also said he did it for his half of the business. Right. Which is... So he leaves, and he's, you know, he was a different man, a hard man. And he thought nothing of, you know, I can walk back two days in the snow. And quickly realizes, I'm lost as hell. And day three... He starts to starve. The snow has completely covered all his tracks, so he could be walking in circles for all he knows. In day four, he blacks out, and he doesn't know how long he was out when he awakes in a small village in Kathmandu Valley. So let's just stop there. So I just want to talk about the uh, flashback from his point of view, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, It's good, obviously. The art's really good. I like the way the dad's just this sort of... Silhouette's not the right word, but it's just this figure down below mm-hmm. uh, the shadows are good when Iron Fist is confronting Meacham I just like the bit where he says you know I left I left you to die what else could I do <laughs> <laughs> it, and it's I, I'm gonna bring up this is jumping ahead but it's relevant uh, Living Weapon gives a bit more justification of Meacham's actions. Not that they're justified at all in either version, but Wendell definitely mm-hmm. comes off as a bit crazier, which it works on the level that Meacham would be seeing him being this lunatic. Mm-hmm. And it would make more sense for Meacham to do what he did. 
because in this, Meekum goes, Meacham, sorry, goes from a mustache twirling villain to a pretty reasonable guy, I guess. Sort of. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, in, uh, in the later retelling of this part in Living Weapon, Danny's father is a little bad crazy in the, uh, Anirondack Mountains. Like, we're going to die out here. No, no, I can hear the song in my head. And he was right, like, oh. but he can see why. Yeah, but nobody else could crazy. hear it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you're out in negative 40 degrees for three days straight, wandering to some place that isn't on any map, and you got Goofy McGoof Pants saying, I can hear the song in my head, it's calling me. You'd be like, oh, we're all going to die. I need to just push him off a cliff so we can live. And I like that portrayal because portrayal because uh, it makes the whole thing a lot more cruel and tragic. Because mm-hmm. it turns out he was right, but there's just you know Meekum Meacham is still a <laughs> but oh, I'll have to censor that, won't I? It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> half the fun. It's it oh, it's half the fun for you, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> but no, it's good. And then Meacham just wanders off, and yeah, well he gets lost. Because Wendell was essentially the Sherpa. Correct. Because he knew where he was going, even in the crazy version. He still knows where he's going because he's following the song. And Meacham is just on his own, being arrogant, and that's his downfall. And then, yes, he wakes up in Kathmandu Valley. Sorry, did you have something to add? Now, they basically tell him that this guy's daughter found him and she brought him here. Mm -hmm. And they nursed him back to health. And he's like, well, thank you. And, you know, your daughter doesn't probably speak English, but thanks her and try to get me immediate transport out of here to the nearest airport. He's like, hey, my daughter understands English just fine there, buddy. Racist. (laughs) I I, I don't think he meant it in that way. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, and the only way you can get out of this valley is by by foot. Let me pull back your covers. Hey, you don't have any of those. (laughs) I will say the uh, villager is very solemn. He, the village is very solemn when he does that. <laughs> Carl's impersonation <coughs> is uh, not representative of the characters in this book's attitude. So don't sue us, villager of Kathmandu Valley. But no, yeah, he has no legs. Yep, they're gone. He lost them. Frostbite took them. And he was forced to stay in the old man's hut, waiting for the arrival of this cart from the nearest village to the east, so he could be transported, obviously. And during that time, a Tibetan monk visited the village... A happy monk with a story to tell. The best type of monk. He had found and been invited into Kunlun, and that all the stories were real. And he saw a young boy there, one not born in Kunlun, and they're doing this over a meal, and the villager from Kathmandu asks, is he from one of the villages? And he goes, no, he's from America. And it was whispered that his parents died in the mountains. And there is Meacham's priceless expression of horror <laughs> in that panel. Yes. But their deaths should be a cause to rejoice, the monk says, for they have gone to their eternal rewards in a wolf's stomach. He doesn't say that part. And he says that their son's be- being granted a privilege of becoming an immortal. And he just describes how the city was this wonderful, beyond belief city of gold. He saw young Danny train with the Thunderer, the legendary Thunderer himself, and they say that they have the youth is obsessed with the will to excel in his training. And this, they believe, in fact, that he may be the first to successfully face 
Chulu, however you pronounce that, the Undying Dragon Lord, and places hands into the dragon's molten heart to become the unconquerable Iron Fist. And the villager has a poster. Well, not a poster. A picture of the the <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the symbol of Shulu in his hut. And yes. there the flashback ends with Meechan saying, I knew why you're obsessed with the will to excel, and I knew you would come after me when the city appeared ten years later. So that confirms that Harold Meacham knew that he was going to come out in ten years, so he just locked that guy in that room for ten years for some reason. But yes, Makes perfect sense. And, and so hearing this story, Danny being the good guy that he is, cannot extract the vengeance that he has trained ten years for. Because yes. now he just pities this man. Yep. And he pretty much just turns and walks away like Meacham did to him and his mother. And uh, Meacham is pretty much flipping out about it. He's like, where are you going? Didn't you hear me? I said I want to die. And I want you to kill me. And he doesn't falter in his stride. He just keeps on going. And Meacham apparently is not going to have any of that. So he goes for the, the Luger in his desk drawer. And he points it at Iron Fist and even pulls the trigger. The very shaky yet hand. The, yes, yet the blow, the bullet just skims the side of Iron Fist's head, knocking him unconscious. And then we look at Meacham and we find out the reason why he just skimmed the side of his head is because he now has a shuriken stuck in his hand. And he's like, You spoiled my aim, huh? And it's Mystery Ninja again. Good lord, who are you? What do you want? And then we have Iron Fist waking up on the floor thinking, did I just hear somebody scream out in agony? And there we see Mr. Meacham with a katana run straight through his chest. And the only evidence of this murder is a sword in a hole in the window, situated 24 floors above the New York pavement. Impossible! Dad? Dad, are you... Oh no, Dad! Yep, the daughter walks in. I don't... Do we ever find out who the mother is and when this kid happened because she's not nine i don't think so and technically isn't there like more than one daughter i can't remember for the life of me i'm just assuming he didn't bring her when he went with wendell or he had her after which is still possible but yes she essentially comes in and of course blames iron fist you're the man he must have been afraid of and just starts, you know, smashing on his chest going, you dirty liar, and Iron Fist goes, I didn't kill him. And then she keeps accusing him and says he'll pay. He'll be crawling on the ground begging to die by the time she's done with him. And he just sort of slams the door and walks out. He knows he can't say anything because he knows how she feels. And he knows exactly he knows, how yeah, she feels. He knows she means what she says. She won't give up so he just and her, her classic line is I'll get you for murdering my father if I have to send a thousand men after you I'll get you yep and the issue ends there so I love going back to Meacham's flashback I love his horrified face in that panel yes. when they're eating dinner it's really it made me laugh uh, it's priceless oh there's a little white boy who fights like no other and has the will they've never seen before and he's just like oh crap they could they, there's a lot of captions you could put in there <laughs> and uh i like how it seems like in this universe kunlun plays a vaguely similar role as a place of mythology that they believe in 
what mm-hmm. they believe is just space mythology, but, you know, it's confirmed it's real here. And the monk expresses this. It just, it connects Kumun and this universe a bit more, which I like. Instead of, you know, Kumun just being unknown to a few random white people, it's known to, like, all of the Chinese community. Or Tibetan, sorry. And, and yes, and even further so in the next issue. And the picture of Shulu in the man's hut, house, I should say. Mm-hmm. So that implies some things. Do they worship... Is that there to represent Shulu, or is that there to represent the Iron Fist? The Iron Fist. It's a very good question. I don't where know would we... they have seen it if this monk just finally proved it was real? And, I mean, that that goes further to indicate that it's a place of mythology, right? Mm-hmm. So I think so, yeah. Yeah, obviously, it's like having... Well, <laughs> I want to say it's like having the cross on your wall, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if that's Shulu or the Iron Fist, but I don't think there's a way we can really find that out, is there? Because in this book, it mentions that he might be the first ever to successfully face the Undying Dragon. Correct. So at the time this was written, no other Iron Fists were in play. So exactly. Maybe that there's does change. Maybe there's a legend about an one day an Iron Fist rising by defeating the Dragon Lord. I could believe that, and that's why there's a picture there of it. Maybe that is a known part of the mythology in this universe is that an Iron Fist will one day come. And then, after the flashback, there's, you know, tears streaming down Iron Fist's face. He's sad. He's confused. There's a line, which I love. Actually, no, before that, I like Meekum's dialogue. He pretty much just admits he's a giant turd. And he is pretty much that he got driven insane by paranoia. Every neurosis you can imagine. And that he was wrong to try and... You know, he deserves to die, pretty much, for what he's done. So that's a humanizing bit for Meacham there it makes him not a mustache twirling villain which is why Iron Fist spares him obviously and where's that I would think so he takes pity on him yeah and that line <laughs> uh, after Meacham dies just the irony and then he said the inner moral goes then face of that vengeance you had decided to walk away from it negating your very reason for existence by the act of allowing Meacham to live I love that uh, section there. Mm. Obviously, it gets explored on later, especially in Living Weapon and a bit in this book. It's a very powerful line. I like it because it's true. He spent 10 years, pretty much all his life, just preparing for this, and he didn't even go through with it, and then he died anyway. So he just comes off looking like a giant a loser. <laughs> just a failure is a better word. I don't think so. He, he was the better man. He was, but... He died anyway, and he wasted all that time, so it sort of seems like he's a failure from the way I'm looking at it. Just in terms of his purpose, he's just sitting, he's just standing there wearing this costume, and he doesn't know why. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm just wearing these duds, and I, what am I doing now? But no, he was the better man. And then there's not much else to say after that. You know, his daughter comes in, she's all angry at Iron Fist. Oh, actually, how does she get in there? Yep. Is there another door? Oh yeah, she just comes in through a okay, side entrance. Okay, cool. Because because if you look at if you look about it, where she's entering the room, and the direction in which Meacham is pointing the gun, there's a side door. Okay. Does he does he go? Joy, daughter, listen. Don't go through the main doors because there's all these traps there. 
I mean, she must have known about the traps because she said he was crazy. Oh yeah, I, I would imagine. That's pretty funny though. But we'll get, we'll definitely get more on her as we continue because she becomes a major character going yes. on. And next issue, the mystery of Meacham's murderer, a new life for Iron Fist, and more in the story called Death. Or Cult. will it be? Oh, yeah. Well, we won't find out till next week. That's but right. It could all wasn't so many death cults. Ghost Rider had death cults, and I'm pretty sure that was just called Death Cult as well. Seventies loved their death yes. cults. And we get to also get the introduction of another major character in Iron Fist's continuing history next week. Yes, and a good character for yes. the most part. So overall thoughts of this issue no snide remarks from you but I thought the issue was much better in black and white than color just, just well, saying. I believe you the, again the coloring job in the original issues is a bit lacking to the point yep. where Iron Fist's costume it looks like Swiss cheese <laughs> and in many 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 panels the colorist didn't even care and just colored everything green overall another great issue yep I was it, you know after the introduction of the cheeseball villain at the end of last issue, it actually went rather well. Yes. And then proceeded to more great storytelling. So this is a, you know, from zero to 100, this is easily a, a 90 plus on the, yes, you know, the, the comic scale of a good solid issue. It went back to the quality of the first two issues. Yes. And there wasn't much Joker. Esque shenanigans either so nope another good one coming up yep if you want to read this issue you can find it in Iron Fist Essentials Volume 1 Marvel Masterworks Volume 1 uh, physical physical copies of this issue are floating around for varying prices there's a payback that came out recently if I believe that's cheaper I think it, you sent me that that Epic Collection isn't that what it's called yes Epic Collection that collects it and that's definitely cheaper Especially if you buy it from in-stock trades. I think last time we posted uh, the link to that in the comments. We'll do it again for this issue in this episode. Speaking of comments, we have a Facebook page, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Don't just type in Sons of the Dragon to the search bar because that'll come up with a bunch of groups. Make sure you at least include the word podcast in there. Our Twitter is at Iron Fist Podcast. Our YouTube just YouTube Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find our episodes. Uh, we have a WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, dot wordpress.com. Don't worry, we usually post that on our Facebook page when we upload the episodes. And we have a SoundCloud, soundcloud.com. It's a mile long. <laughs> soundcloud.com <laughs> forward slash Sons of the Dragon, spaces in between each word with hyphens. And last but not least, contact us at Sons of the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com. Please contact us, send us mail, send us thoughts, tell us if we're crap, tell us if we're good, tell us what you think of the issues. Any theories and speculations you have are more than welcome. We made this to talk to people, because we're Iron Fist fans. Send us pictures, send us yes. your artwork. Definitely, and we'll post it on the Facebook We'd page. love to see it. Um, definitely contact us. Yes, and all music, people comics characters mentioned in this podcast we don't make any money off this this is all for fun this is just fan work so don't sue us we don't have any money anyway <laughs> we own the rights to nothing next week death cult that's right
the cult of death. Yes. So, until then, may your fists may be like unto things of iron, if you're boxing or some other thing. If not, then just have a good week and chill out. That's right. Relax. Peace. Peace. Thank you.